the piece of music in this week's episode is called Weird Science. It's a dreamy and dark, chill-out electronica piece inspired by the lo-fi, chill-wave sounds and techniques of bands like Washed Out. The instrumentation includes a funk-sounding synth, sampler and a load of small, nuanced additions to a slow hip-hop beat. You're listening to How I Make Music, a weekly podcast for the musically curious to go behind the scenes of composition for storytelling in a digital era. Every Wednesday, we break apart one of my own compositions and investigate the stories and insights into how it was made and its effect on listening ears. My name is John Bartman. I'm a composer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. Welcome back once again. This is episode 48 of How I Make Music and many thanks for joining me today and for all of the comments and the appreciation I've been receiving from you guys. Just a reminder, if you'd like to comment on the show, you're welcome to head over to YouTube, find me there by searching How I Make Music Podcast and drop me a line. It would really make my day. The soundtrack in this week's episode, Weird Science, uh, it's a bit difficult to describe, but it's rooted in chill wave and the lo-fi hip-hop genre. Today we'll take a look at what gives it that flavor and its origins and its intended usage. Let's break it down. Let's start with the harmonic progression, the chord progression. Take a listen to this passage, which goes from G minor to G minor to E flat and back to G minor. That's the first G minor got a sort of keyboard and high bell sound. Here's an E-flat. Notice how the piano drops out there and comes back in for the last G minor. It's a simple and repetitive harmonic progression and it's got a bit of darkness to it given that we resolve back to a minor chord. So we got this chunky very sad sounding opening chord that gives us some variety and then we end up back here it's somber it's the same progression used in the imperial death march by john williams i'd love to say there was a whole bunch of intentionality behind that but i just honestly found that a simple repetitive piece going throughout the song is what the soundtrack needed. So we leave the nuance and the variety and all of the color and the ornamentation to the beats and the instrumentation. But as for the actual harmony, it's just a simple uh, G minor progression. Let's move on to something a little more exciting. The synthesizer in this track, it sounds a lot like a funk synth and I've made heavy use of the pitch wheel, pitch bending. That's got a really funky sound. Put a delay there. Nice little wobble there. More wobble. And the big send off. I really love 
playing with a pitch wheel and the mod wheel on a keyboard to get that really kind of groovy uh, synthesizer funk sound. Artists like Herbie Hancock have been doing this kind of thing forever, but still people react to it with a little bit of like uh, a little bit of intrigue. It's a really interesting sound because possibly because it's so unnatural to hear uh, smooth transitions between uh, pitches like that. Let me play just those three moments where the use of the pitch wheel is most obvious. That's one of them. And the last one. Now that final one is what gives this track so much personality, and I think it's the reason that uh, people latch onto it. It's, uh, it's an octave leap, a full octave leap, and in fact, that's pretty much the anchor point for the whole track for me. From the beginning, it's all revolved around creating this a weird moment. <laughs> uh, and there's no surprise for guessing why this piece is called Weird Science. There is something kind of scientific about it. Uh, I picture lab experiments and, you know, all sorts of uh, potions bubbling out of beakers. Not sure why my mind goes there. I'm sure you have a different interpretation. But I think it's suitable for depictions of... Um, experimentation. To make the song even more weird and experimental, I created a very strange sounding vocal effect which plays every so often. Here it is. To create this strange effect, I multi-tracked myself just singing one note using Ableton's looper device. Here's how it sounded. So that's at least four takes of me singing the same note. I then tuned it down so that it was a G. And then I used the sidechain ducking technique to make it dip in volume every time the kick played. So it ducks under the kick. Let's hear it without the kick. A little bit spooky. And here's the original sound that I played in the beginning. So the note that is being sung gets kind of swallowed, and that is because it's ducking under the kick. So it's a rhythmic approach to uh, the voice, and I don't think of the voice in the song as a feature. It's very much an instrument, an instrument that exists in the background and gives priority to the beat. For me, this is the hallmark of the chill wave genre, where artists like Washed Out, who I've covered in a previous show, episode 11 of this podcast, Earning Happiness. Go check that out if you want to hear more about sidechain compression. Artists like these sang their lines, put a lot of reverb on it, and then made that entire bus with the vocals and the reverb dip under the kick to rhythmic effect. And that's what uh, the chill wave genre sounds like. So at the time that I wrote this, I was experimenting with that technique. For a while in 2013, I rented a cottage on a farm and made quite a lot of music. Um, I had a pair of tops in my room, PA speakers, and thick walls made of stone that I could blast the music as loud as I wanted. And uh, one of the moments that came out of that 
chapter of my life was this arpeggio that you're about to hear. This arpeggio, this minor seven arpeggio is a little raw sounding and slightly reminiscent of the X-Files. I used an LFO to hike the high pass filter up and down, which gives it a slight wah-wah-wah sound, creating a bit of variety and occasional peaks of interest. As a composer, there's certain things that stick with you, and this arpeggio is definitely one of them. I'm very happy to say that I actually have a video from 2013 of me sitting at my little home studio in the farm uh, cottage and composing this very piece. Um, it's very rare to actually catch the moment that it comes out, so I encourage you to go check that out. It's part of a, a sort of a live looping session that I was doing where I was coming up with one layer at a time. I'll link the video in the show notes if you're interested in what I was doing in 2013. You can go check that out and while you're there, check out how this soundtrack, Weird Science, came to be. Now let's move over to the all-important beat in the song. The beat is where most of the flavor is and it's where most of the nuance is. I've put most of the attention in the song uh, into crafting a very textured and rich beat. Let's give the basic beat a listen on its own. So you can hear there's quite a lot going on. Each bar sounds different to the last one in some small way. Occasionally the kick doubles up and I use ping pong delay to echo from left to right. And then of course the long echoing clap sound. There are a couple of little moments of variation that I mentioned, but there's a major one which is where the whole beat temporarily gets played in triplets, which breaks the core rhythm, the 4-4 rhythm, um, before returning in quite a satisfying way. So one of the bars in each of these eight bar sequences is a triplet bar. I'll play the beat again now with the bass line and I'll point out where it is. Right, I'll just count along. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now here's the triplet beat coming up. Yeah. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And we're back to the basic rhythm. It's a cool trick I learned from artists like Flying Lotus and uh, locally here in South Africa we've got some great uh, electro artists like Cybot and Cardon Spokes who employ these techniques. I'll link those two in the show notes. What we heard back there was the basic beat, the core rhythm, the kick and the snare. To create a little bit more uh, depth in the beat I included hand claps and a kabasa which is a shaker. 
Let's give those two a listen and pay attention to how the kabasa is kind of a little off the beat. It really adds to the groove because it's played organically. Check it out. That shaker sound. It's a little bit unpredictable. If you feel like the music you make is a little bit lifeless, it might have to do with um, how much electronic music now is very strictly controlled by the grid, the time, the tempo of the track. Computers are great at processing information down to the millisecond. What they're not great at doing is coming up with a human feel. So get on those drum pads or grab your shaker and do the recording yourself if you want a, a more human and organic feel in your music. That's where groove comes from. There's an additional layer in this track which complements the beat. I call it the texture layer and it sounds like this. Some kind of stabby sweep, down sweep sound and vinyl crackle. Here comes a siren. crazy combination of sounds, including a reversed sample of me playing the violin there. That acts as part of a sweep. So these, these sounds that we're hearing now are definitely the most science fiction, flying saucer type sounds. This is what gives the track the science element. And all of a sudden, we're left in limbo. These sounds are the ones that give the track its weirdness. Um, there's the science sci-fi angle, but it's an odd choice, and it's one you only really arrive at by experimenting and going down rabbit holes and into the little corners of your sample libraries that you don't normally visit. Coming up with uh, odd sounds like this gives you a little bit of a unique sort of flavor. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend making this kind of stuff and get off the beaten path. The techniques that you use to produce this type of sound uh, rely heavily on sample cut-ups, so taking pre-existing recordings and ending them abruptly or starting them abruptly so that they start to act more as a rhythmic stab than a melodic or a harmonic instrument. Um, so, for example, you know, I multi-tracked a violin part there, but I decided not to use it as an orchestra would to convey, you know, a melody, but instead to reverse it and use it as an upsweep. And I'm always looking for new ways to approach the making of music itself, because then the byproduct is, you know, idiosyncratic. And, and that's what I'm setting out to do is to make weird stuff. So it actually involves putting on a different hat and saying, well, what if a sample of a violin recording was actually being used as a dance riser, for example? Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode 48, Weird Science, and we'll listen to that full track in just a moment. But before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music. Catch new episodes every Wednesday. You know where to find them, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can download the track from this episode 
uh, Weird Science from the music page on my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. I encourage you to use it in your own podcast or audio drama, science fiction, audio fiction series, or video production, whatever you see fit to use it for, go ahead. No permission or license required from me for any non-commercial projects. I want to help you produce your own audio fiction series, pulling it all together as a producer can. So go ahead and get in touch. Find links to me on Twitter and YouTube in the show notes. I do love hearing from you guys. If you want to leave a comment, search for How I Make Music on YouTube and leave your comments on the show there. And now we've got Weird Science, a distinctly minor and quirky sounding uh, slow hip-hop beat type chill wave track. I'm not quite sure how to describe it. Hopefully it can uh, get your head bopping on this fine day. Big love, finish your projects, and I'll catch you next week. Bye for now.